Hi, design enthusiasts. It's Laura here. Just wanted to start off this episode and let you know that we've created a freebie for you. Yes, we have. And it is in the show notes. Our number one episode downloaded since it came out is the welcome guide. And with that constantly being number one and trying to be appreciative of everyone and their kind words and how lovely they have been and how welcoming and how encouraging they've been. We created a template here at Thornton Design with our welcome guide. And now we have made it that you can use that too. So there are two parts to the download. One is a template and the other one is a PDF that just shows you all the places I need you to implement your brand colors, your photos, your verbiage, and that way you can get started sending out this welcome guide to your future clients as soon as possible. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope that you find this helpful in your business. And if you have any feedback, we love to get that feedback. So please go ahead and send that to us. Otherwise, let's get started with this episode of The Business of Beautiful Spaces. Welcome to the Business of Beautiful Spaces. I'm your host, Laura Thornton, Principal of Thornton Design. I'm beyond thrilled to bring you this podcast where I am going to share over 25 years of experience in the interior design industry. As an experienced interior designer, I understand the challenges of running a successful business while also creating beautiful and functional spaces for our clients. Throughout my career, I've worked closely with trades and other professionals to bring my clients' vision to life. And along the way, I've learned a thing or two about balancing that creativity and practicality when running a business. In this podcast, I aim to share my knowledge, my insight with you, other designers, covering all the aspects of the interior design industry, from the creative process to the business side of things, from selecting the right materials to managing budgets and timelines. I am going to share all the tips and tricks that I have learned over the years to help you run a successful interior design business. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out in this industry, this podcast will be for you. I'm looking forward to sharing my experience with you, answering your questions, and helping you navigate the exciting world of interior design. So let's get started on the business of beautiful spaces and explore the art of creating beautiful and functional spaces while running a successful business. Hello, fabulous designers, design enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Beautiful Spaces. I'm your host, Laura Thornton. Today, we're diving into a topic that is close to my heart and my wallet. It is pricing your services for profitability. With over 25 years of interior design business ownership, I've seen it all, and I'm here to share the golden nuggets of wisdom to help you further your business. So let's grab a notepad because class is about to start. I call it the undercharging syndrome. So I want to kick it off with that confession session. Uh, Hands up. Have you ever undercharged, shaved off hours, downright cheated yourself out of hard earned money? Yep, we've all been there. I've done it. I know all of you have done it at some point. It's like there's a rite of passage, like suffering from imposter syndrome at some point where you know, you just don't feel like you're worthy of charging the amount that you quoted or said. And so for some reason, we feel like we should shave off some numbers, or we should just like, ooh, that seems like a lot of money. And I'll take this away. And I'll do all of this is cheating ourselves. All we're doing is cheating ourselves. And quite frankly, we're setting ourselves up for an issue in the future, which I'll get to in a minute. But you know, we've all done it. I know we've all done it. The thing is, it's a luxury service being an interior designer and our clients agreed to pay for that luxury service at whatever point in your process that you had them sign the contract with you. 
And for whatever reason, when we start adding up these hours and we see the number and we're about to send off an invoice, we kind of go, ooh, that's a lot of money. Even though you've earned it, legitimately earned it, uh, we end up cheating ourselves. And so I, I know that we are all cringing at that total that we see. And you just think, I'll make up for it in the next project. And you do that because you want that project to be able to photograph it, to be able to get the next project, or you had your heart set on it because you knew it was going to be awesome and stunning and it would look amazing in photos and you knew you were going to gain more business from it. So we do that by saying, I'll make up for it the next project or I'll make up for that the next time. But the hard truth is those free hours are time stolen from your family, your friends and hobbies that you adore. And guess what? We've now set a precedent, and it's a false one, that our clients and anyone they refer us to now expect. So it's this vicious cycle, my friends, and it's time to break free. Remember, when you undervalue your services, you're not just hurting yourself, you're actually setting up a dangerous trend in the interior design industry for all of us. And why I say that is, you know, people do shop around, they will make uh, a few phone calls, and if you're charging something less and someone else is more, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter sometimes about a $20 difference to a client or a $30 difference to a client. They want to feel confident with who they're choosing. And if that's you, then that's great. And if you are the one that was more, even better. But at the end of the day, if you're not charging enough or you're not following through on you build for 20 hours, but you're only actually making you're going to only build them for 10, you're making 50% less than you thought you were on that project. So, you know, there's lots of ways to start exploring, marking up and doing certain things with design time and or product. But at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that you're thinking about charging for the hours that you actually have spent on that project. It is the only way that you're ever going to learn from your projects if you're not tracking those hours to make sure that that is what you are quoting. Like if a client says, you know, I want to do a kitchen and you say, okay, that roughly takes me 45 hours. And then you only charge them for 30. Uh, <laughs> they were expecting to, to do the 45. Normally, the reason we're shaving off hours is we feel like we spent too much time on something. But at the end of the day, our education, our expertise, all the reasons that they came to us to begin with is what they're paying for. So Make sure that if you did bill the 45 hours, you can bill the 45 hours. If you're worried about the pushback when you do send that invoice, it's okay to add a little precursor to it or to have a note and say, this took us longer, couldn't find that. It's okay to add those things in so that the client understands that you were taking a bit more time to find them the perfect countertop or the perfect backsplash tile or the perfect hardware. That's okay. If they push back, you have your notes, you can figure out where that time went. But by not charging them, you're honestly just cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself out of money. You're cheating yourself literally out of time. And you're cheating yourself out of future projects. Because when they go to refer you to somebody and they say, oh, she only charged or he only charged us X amount of dollars overall to do our kitchen. That's what they're expecting from you when they call about your kitchen. Of course, the next client doesn't realize that the size might be different. The amount of um, options in the kitchen could be different, that they want a different style, all those things. Besides that, they are going to give their referrals, their friends, their family that number, and that's what they're expecting from you. So now you get the call and you're excited about that next project that you promised yourself you're going to make more money on. And now we're not going to get that job because they think, why is she double the price of your project, my friend or whoever the referral was from? So we are setting ourselves up 
for disappointment in down the road. So I highly recommend sticking to your guns. If they signed a contract for those hours, and if they want to do a little bit of pushback, have the conversation. Losing an hour or two is better than shaving off 50% of that invoice. So let's move on to a topic that is often misunderstood in my opinion, marking up project items. It is not just a necessity. It's an art that can fuel your business growth. If you're stuck at the retail level rut, it is time to elevate your game. You need to explore custom items that can't be price shopped easily online, that you can't be comp shopped, that they can't look it up and say, oh, today there's a 20% off uh, sale at whatever big retailer, and that was your discount, and there it goes. Um, so let's abolish the notion that marking up is considered double dipping. It's not. You're a business owner. You need to make money to be able to run this business. And it's how are you're fueling your passion and how you're going to pay your bills that go along with running a business. It is not just your time. You have to get in a car and you've got to drive somewhere. You got to pay for that car. You got to pay for that insurance. You got to pay for those tires. You got to pay for those brakes. You got to pay for the insurance on your business. You have to pay. There are so many things that you have overhead, even if you have a home office or whether you have a studio. You too have overhead. It is not pure profit when you own your home office, your cell phone, all these things that add up at the end of the year that you have to pay for needs to be thought of when you're shaving off points or you're sharing your discounts. All of these things need to be rethought about in your mind as not being double dipping. This is how you're going to become a profitable business. So let's think about when the contractor goes ahead and charges for all the project management and that contractor, builder, whatever you want to call them, is also selling all the materials to build that project at full retail. And I have never heard a client push back and ask the contractor if he's double dipping because he made the discount, he kept the discount on the tiles, or he kept the discount on his drywall, or he kept the discount on his plywood, or he kept the, like nobody's asks them. And I don't know if we've just put this condensation on it ourselves that it's considered double dipping, but it's not. This is how you run a profitable business. So no one bats an eye when the contractor does it. So why should we feel guilty when we're doing it? So let's get that notion out of your mind that it's double dipping and just call it running a business because that is what it is. So why I say that you need to start think, looking at the the avenue of custom is that yes, you can't be comp shop, but B, you get to choose any fabric you want, whether it be for drapery, a Roman, pillows, your custom furniture, nobody can match you. It's impossible. And not only that, but the client definitely feels like it's elevated too when they can say, oh, I had that, I had that sofa custom made by my designer. Like that doesn't sound um, too shabby, does it? So, you know, these are the things that will elevate you, your brand and your profitability. Now, as soon as you heard custom, I hope you didn't cringe and be like, oh, Laura, my clients won't pay for custom. You need to stop that as well. Because a lot of the time, and currently after COVID, Uh, Custom pieces are cheaper than retail. You heard that right. Cheaper than retail. So what does that mean? That means if you go to a big box store and you're buying a sectional for $8,000 and you're only making, let's say, 15, 20 points on it, but now you can custom make it and make 50% or 100, depending on how you quote it or the fabric choices. Doesn't that sound better? Oh, yes, it sure does. So these are the things that you need to start exploring, because now you are no longer limited with what you can charge for those items. So the only other caveat that comes along with custom, if you're not familiar to it, is you do need to also uh, deliver that there won't be that service that obviously comes with a big box store. But 
this is something that's easily remedied. You just have to find somebody who you work with well, and or usually your custom house would be able to recommend who they use. So I would start exploring who in your area can create custom furniture, or at least if you have some, if you've done the high point markets, or you've done places where you know um, that you can use these showrooms, and they will customize for you so that you can't be comp shopped, this is key. Same thing with your drapery, your pillows, you need a custom house, stop buying at retail, you have more freedom, your designs become unlimitless. And not only that, you're saving time, you're not shopping. You're not having to go to these retail stores and shop for pillows and shop for bedding and shop. You can just pick those fabrics in the convenience of your studio or your home office and have it quoted. You actually are saving time and you're making more money. Food for thought. <laughs> I get really passionate about this because for years and years and years I undercharged. And and then now when I feel like I am charging appropriately and have a profitable business, if I had had somebody who would walk me through this and it would have taught me this, oh my God, 20 years ago, I might actually be able to think about retiring sooner than than later. But, you know, I'm still in the thick of it and still growing a business and enjoying every minute of it. And so I want to share this with others so that they too can get there before, um, you know, before you've had a business for 10 years and wondering, what the heck am I doing wrong? Why am I not able to have money in the bank and pay myself and pay for the, you can You absolutely can. And this is how you're going to do it. There are many, many ways. And I'm just kind of touching on the top of the surface here. But I want to make sure that everyone knows that there is a way and that you don't have to keep wondering at night what you're doing different from everybody else that you don't feel like you're profitable enough. So protecting your designer discounts is my next topic. Now, you know, it makes me want to send someone to interior design prison, whoever was the person who decided one day to blob and blur to the world, I am going to share my discounts with my clients. And then this was like a selling feature. (laughs) You know, whoever blabbed that, honestly, they should go to prison, designer prison, because it was literally the worst thing. Somehow this has transcended down through the generations that that's what we do. We pass on our discounts to our clients. Eh, no. No, thanks. I do not. Never will. I will not. Have I been asked? Yes. My response? No, we do not pass on our discounts to any of our clients. That is how we remain profitable and able to keep our lights on and pay our our staff. We don't share those discounts. Um, You know, period. (laughs) Non-negotiable. It's not even a conversation. There's no unapologetically no. So whoever started this needs a stern talking to because this should be a big no-no for you too. Those discounts at a retail level are so minor. They are so minor that if your client pushes back, then that is not the right client for you. Let's be clear. They are not almost to the point where that's why I was saying pushing the custom stuff on the previous chit chat here. But, you know, these are things that the retailers have set up for the designer. The discounts are hard earned privileges. They're not a bargaining chip. It's vital to educate your clients that these discounts help maintain a profitable business. And let's be clear, using your name for discounts is also unethical. It's stealing money literally from our pockets, which has happened to me many times where I will have suggested a retail item in our presentation booklets. And then I will get a call from a retail store from my rep that those clients have showed up. And of course, as soon as they see Thornton Design written in the corner, they will call my rep and they're trying to buy the items without me at my discounted price, which is not what's in 
the presentation booklet. And so if you have really great relationships built up with your vendors at certain retail stores, like here in Canada, I know um, this is not how a lot of things work in the States, but in Canada, it is not advantageous for us to have accounts with uh, lighting manufacturers. It is actually more beneficial for us to buy from larger lighting retail stores in the city. And obviously, they will give us a discount on those items. So for us, you know, I have a rep that I use regularly, and they have access to all the lines. And so therefore, I just send him what I want, he quotes him, it gives it back. So that said, he will he has a lot to lose by actually crossing me or passing on that that discount, he doesn't want to lose the next year worth of commissions for him on all of our projects. Like we're doing million dollar projects. So if you can imagine how big the lighting budget is, that's a huge substantial difference for him. Now I'm not saying you have to be doing million dollar budgets. You could, you can have a 20, 30, $40,000 renovation, and you're probably going to have a pretty healthy lighting budget. There's going to be thousands in there for lighting. So you add up all your projects over the year and that's substantial to your rep. So that rep doesn't want to lose your business. So they won't let that client come in and try and steal that from you. And they'll say no. So as they should, it shouldn't be about the client trying to steal that money from your pocket. And I get that even though it's thousands of dollars on a revenue, gross revenue amount, even just that small margin of 10, 15, maybe 20% is still something that helps your project at the end of the day be, be profitable. Now, we all know how many lost hours there are in a project when you're on site, when you're doing things that don't get allotted for. So even though, you know, you think that sounds like profit, I always say those 15 to 20% small uh, retail markups, or not markup, you're selling at retail and just maintaining the discount for yourself is something where it covers those hours that get lost after the project has started. So um, again, I would like to shoot whoever started the let's share our discounts with our clients. But anyway, (laughs) I digress. That's a bit aggressive. I do think they should go to design prison, though, because they've set us all up to have to explain that to our clients. I do think it's changing. I I mean, it's not very often that I get that anymore. But there was a time back 20, 25 years ago, I was asked all the time and honestly felt pressure to share it. I was like, Oh, of course, of course, I'll share that discount. Well, stupid me because I should never have done it. And as soon as you stop doing it, you'll thank yourself because it's not much, but it definitely makes a difference. So um, that said, those discounts, hang on to them for yourself. And I know we're just kind of touching on a few items here. But um, I get asked often, quite frequently, actually, every month I get some suggestions or will you be talking about this? And the one that comes up the most is this, how to price for profitability. And I'm at the point where I do think um, it's worth having a masterclass that we can all be collectively somewhere that is private, that uh, will allow us to have these candid conversations within our own group of designers, so that I can pass on to you exactly how I mark up and exactly what those percentages are, and what that looks like at the end of a project. Unfortunately, with, um, you know, podcasts, it's open to everybody. And how do you limit who hears this and who doesn't? It is not anyone's business how how I run my business as far as my clients go, but I am more than happy to share with any of uh, the designers out there. So that said, if you are interested in a masterclass on pricing. And you would be interested if that was something that I was going to run, would you please do me a favor, go to the website, sign up for our newsletter, or even if you sign up for our freebie, I would be able to add you to a email list, and I would be 
happy to send you a link that when we do go through and do this masterclass, you could be part of it. If you have any interest in learning about how to mark up products for your business to be profitable, I would be happy to share that with you. Unfortunately, I don't want to do that as mentioned on this because anyone can listen. And I just don't feel like that is appropriate for any of us for exactly the same reasons why we don't share our discounts. We don't want our clients to know how we're marking up our projects. That's none of their business, but we're, we're doing a great job for them with our education and with uh, our expertise and our knowledge that that should be enough to warrant our business. So, um, yeah, before we wrap up, that was my exciting news. Uh, I will be hosting a masterclass when we'll dive deeper into this world of pricing for profitability. I hope you're interested. And if you are, if you could sign up for the newsletter on our website, as soon as it's complete, I'm going to forward that out. And hopefully we can get a group going. Um, and then we can have this discussion further so that you can see the exact breakdown of how to be profitable. And trust me, the masterclass will be a game changer because for every designer I've spoken to about it, uh, there is some wide eyes and high eyebrows. So <laughs> as I come to a close on this podcast, I just want to emphasize that being a fantastic designer is just half the battle. The other half is running that profitable business that allows you to continue doing what we love. And you have to stand firm, have value in your expertise. Don't be afraid to charge what you're worth. Remember, a profitable business is a sustainable business. So thanks for joining me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. I know, as I mentioned, it is just a sliver. But if you could share it with any of your fellow designers, until next time, keep designing beautiful spaces and building a business that thrives. Bye.